Hey, welcome to the Strong Roots Podcast. My name is Kristen Hill, and we are so excited that you're tuning in today. Our prayer is that you would move one step closer to Jesus through this series. So go ahead and check out this next episode. Hey, Strong Roots. I'm here with Noah, and I have the privilege of working with him, and we are in a season called Why I Didn't Rebel. And of course, we are all sinners and we all fall short of God's glorious standard, but I'm going to be interviewing people who have followed Christ at a really young age and have fought the good fight. And I have had the privilege of knowing you for almost a year now, and I love hearing about his story. I love the way that he has followed Jesus. So I'm really excited to interview you today. So thank you for being here. Thank you. Yes. You ready? Yep. All right. So I'm going to hit him with this first question. Noah, what temptations have been the hardest for you to resist? And practically speaking, how have you walked your way out? Well, um, get to the nitty gritty first. <laughs> uh, I have had a huge struggle with pornography, mm-hmm. the temptation of pornography. And um, like practically speaking, uh, the things that, that, that brought me out of that um, were confession. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that was a big thing. I, I reached this point in my life when I knew that everything that I was was not true. Um, all, all of the lies that I had told everyone about being a Christian, mm-hmm. about following Jesus, about, you know, every, everything that I was was completely a lie. It was a fake front. And um, it, it got to this, I'm, I'm too sick to do anything point. Right. Um, it was almost as if pornography was this poison that I like read the label and just hit it anyways. Yeah. And, um, it was terrible. It, it, it messed up a lot of things, uh, for me. And, um, I reached a point where I knew that I knew the truth. Like I knew what it was. I knew who Jesus was and I knew like all of those things because they were ingrained. Like mm-hmm. I, I was raised very strongly in a, in a Christian household. And so like I, I knew all of this stuff about God, but none of it had changed me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there was this, there was this summer that um, I spent really, really recalculating uh, my life and what it meant to be um, a Christian and what it meant to be saved um, and what it meant yeah. to be like free from sin. And um, it took a lot of confession. That was the hard part um, to be like, yeah, I am sick. I messed up. I keep drinking this poison. Um, and so I told my family, I told my friends, I told my pastor, like a lot of people knew. Um, and there was a freedom in that. Mm-hmm. And it didn't happen right away. It was like this great weighty thing that I had to get off my chest first. But um, after that, it, it led to the accountability um, that I needed. Right. So like, because my parents knew, they were like, well, you don't need to do that. Mm-hmm. Let's lock down the computer. You know, let's, let's put, they used a program called Covenant Eyes. And it was like, yeah. Yeah, it's an awesome program. Like at the time, I was just like, ah. um, <laughs> yeah. And then I didn't stay home alone for months um, because that was like the primary opportunity for me. Right. And um, I didn't have a phone at the time, which was another like, uh, wow, what an act of grace looking back. But um, yeah, they, they locked down the computer. I didn't stay home alone. I also got really busy just with a bunch of stuff like... Um, I started working, um, really hard, got multiple jobs, 
uh, I worked at this really cool ice factory, literally really cool ice factory. Wow. Um, yeah, stuff like that, that just, I didn't have time to do um, things. I, I, there's, you know, the saying like the idle hands are the devil's workshop. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that, that was a big deal because it meant that I didn't have the time um, and I didn't have the place or the opportunity that I used to have. Um, and because everyone knew that I struggled with that, um, it was kind of this grand accountability of like, I can't access the things that I used to. I'm busy doing other things and everybody knows that I'm busy doing other things. And everybody knows that if I'm not busy doing other things, I could be doing the wrong thing. Right. Um, so that's really where I started to like grow distant from that temptation. Um, and it's, it wasn't like it disappeared. It wasn't like it was easy, but, um, there was a great freedom in confession. And, um, like, it's something that I still do like Mm -hmm. every day I confess to God, like I am not perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, and I am going to be tempted today. So I need your help. And what I, I pray every day, like, God, would you make me pure today? Right. Yeah. What would you say to someone who is listening? Who's like, that's nice for you, but you had all these awesome people around you that you could confess to. What would you say to somebody who would love to confess, but is afraid of people's reaction? Mm-hmm. I was afraid of people's reaction. Right. Um, I was very afraid because like, I was in this culture of, if you screw up, you're screwed up forever. Right. And um, that's not true. Mm-hmm. It's like a lie. Right. And um, yeah, it, it's a lie. There are so many people around you that, that care for you, that are there mm-hmm. to hear your words and um, are equally, like, equally flawed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, in God's <laughs> eyes. Like, yes. we're, we're sitting at the same table right now because yes. of Jesus, not because of us. Yeah. And um, yeah, like, that's the truth in, in that matter, that, that there are people that will listen, that will be a part of the process, the process of mm-hmm. um, becoming who God actually wants you to be, somebody better, somebody more like Jesus. What would you say, because you kind of talked about your role that your parents played, mm-hmm. what would you say to people who are raising kids? Like, how should they, what is the best way to react when a child maybe confesses something to you that you want to freak out about like Mm. or what would be what worked what didn't work does that make sense yeah yeah um in my case Mm -hmm. like when I did actually come forward with this information um both of my parents were very disappointed okay and um there's there's a there's a weird line that it's hard to kind of like draw, mm-hmm. but there's a level of disappointment that's good. Yeah. And, um, like it's a, it's a motivation. It's a, it's a desire to, it builds a desire, a good desire sometimes to, to right. become a, a better person. And, um, the, the disappointment that I saw in their face for the type three achiever who wants to like do great things. Yeah. Um, when, when I saw that look, it was just, uh, I didn't want to fail them. Right. And for so long, they had believed the lies that I had told them, you know, mm-hmm. like I was the great kid who didn't have that problem or hadn't rebelled. Right. But in reality, I was just like this secret, like 
freedom fighter, well, free, opposite of freedom fighter, <laughs> Ugh. Um, you know, under the, under the table rebellion. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, for, for my parents, when, when I told them, they didn't scream, they didn't yell, uh, they didn't, like, they didn't overly react. I think they did a really good job looking back at just being, that's not good for you. Right. Thank you for telling us. And we're going we're gonna to put you on lockdown. Mm-hmm. Like, in a good way. Like, a good lockdown. Right. Um, yeah. So, if I were telling parents, like, what, what should you do? Um, full of grace, seasoned mm-hmm. with salt. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, reacting in a way that's, like, not surprised because, like I said, we're at the same table because yeah. of Jesus, not, not us. And so, um, I'm guessing that everyone in some way has had the same struggle in some fashion. Absolutely. So diving into that and being like, man, you, I, when I was your age, I had the same thing. Or, you know, even right now, like, mm-hmm. yeah, this is where I struggle too. So That's a really good answer. Mm-hmm. So what would you say to, okay, when you think of rebelling, mm-hmm. I think John says this. I think this is a saying, but if you're... If you're sinning and you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong in the moment. You know what I mean? Like a lot of times sin in the moment feels really good or Mm -hmm. you buy the lie that it's going to feel really good. Mm -hmm. How do you not rebel and still have fun? Hmm. Specifically for me, like the rebelling that I was doing was like what I thought pleasure was. Mm -hmm. Like that was the... That was the dopamine hit that I needed yeah. was the pleasure of lust. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was literally chemical problems in my brain because of it. And still like there's effects mm-hmm. in, in genetized marriage because of this thing that I like wire, hardwired my body to do when I was a kid. Right. Um, and there... There is, sorry, I'm like blanking right now. Um, can you go back to the question? Yeah, how sorry. do you have fun? Oh, how do I have fun? Oh, okay, um, So my idea of pleasure was wrapped up in pornography. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what I thought was fun and good and pleasurable because mm-hmm. it was literally a dopamine hit that like, rewired my brain yeah um but it was it was false it was fake and um the pleasure that i was getting out of it was really poison and really not good um and so like living living a life now that that doesn't do that and how do i have fun yeah well um i I got i married this great girl um (laughs) and uh she she definitely takes care of me and um there's there's a freedom that exists now in that relationship mm-hmm. um, that wouldn't have existed and would not exist if I lied the whole time. Right. Um, and so the fun isn't like in the sin. Uh, that that yes, that is fun, but it's such a bad version right. of fun. It's like an icky, I'm sick and dying from yes. this poison kind of fun. Right. Like. Yeah, yeah, adrenaline, woohoo, as I drink this poison. Right. It's, it's not the right kind of fun. It's not mm-hmm. the good kind. Uh, it's not the joyous fun that I have right. now. The, the, 
the like I am pure in God's sight kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a big difference. And there's an intimacy too, with mm-hmm. in relationships like you shared from the beginning. Mm-hmm. You're there was it was fake. It was a lie. Mm-hmm. This person you were in. How can you have intimate relationships when they don't even know the real you? Right. I think that's fun knowing people, and people knowing you for mm-hmm. who you are. Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm switching it over to Noah. Noah, that was excellent. Yeah. And I'm going to let him ask me a couple questions as we wrap this up. So Noah, take it away. All right. Kristen, Mm -hmm. is there a consequence that drives you to obedience? (laughs) Yes, lots of them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think that, um, I think there's so many times in my life that I have sinned and they're constant reminders of like, I don't want to do that again. But I think the greatest one that I can think of is when I cheated on John, like Mm -hmm. that sin in particular, like I wasn't a Christian yet. Everyone that was around me in my life didn't care. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think there was anyone in my life that was like, oh, how could you do that? They're like, oh, that wasn't that bad. You're fine. Mm -hmm. Like you can get, if he doesn't forgive you, like you can go find another guy. Like it was, it was interesting when I look back on it, but even though everyone in my life supported me, even in, though I wronged John, there was this death I can't even describe. It was not from outside forces. It was from inside. I, I was so depressed. Like, I almost, I feel like I opened a gateway in my mind for things to flood, like the enemy to flood in. It, this, this one sin caused so much destruction, and it was internal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I think about lots of sins, whether it's sexual, whether it's lying, whether it's, I think about how that one sin, that one sin, like <laughs> the net, the consequences from it were, took me years, years. Mm-hmm. And I'm still working, like you said, I'm still working through it. Mm-hmm. And so that one, that one sin is a constant reminder, like, I don't want to do, I don't want to sin. <laughs> I don't want to do that anymore. So that is actually my go-to when I'm tempted to do things that mm. I know are not God's best for me. Mm. So does that answer your question? It does. <laughs> do you have one more? Yes, I do. I, you, you counsel a lot of people, a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think there's something to learn from that. And my, my question is how do you guide or lead someone who is in the midst of rebellion? That's a really good question. And I just need to start. I think it's, it depends on the person mm-hmm. a lot of times, but I'll give you my two cents. Um, I think it depends if the person is repentant or not. Mm-hmm. So if it's somebody who is rebelling, who is actually sad that they're rebelling, um, their heart is open and soft to receiving correction, receiving guidance, as iron sharpens iron, right? Um, but then there are people who are hard-hearted, and they're rebelling, and they say they follow Christ, but they are not willing to change. Like, I have people tell me all the time, I know it's wrong, but I'm not at a place where I want to change right now. Mm. Um, Mm. So I think in that scenario, so first scenario, speak truth, like point them to Jesus. The second scenario is tougher and I think harder on us watching them. Um, But the thing that I do is continue to let them in my life. And I think that's the hardest Mm. because I don't know what part of me, the sinful part of me, (laughs) but I want to cut them out. Like, you're not... You're not listening to me. You're not like you're hurting me. You're hurting your relationship with Jesus. Like, let's just 
be done with this until you come back. Like, yeah. that's my question. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think the constant choice I make is continuing to invite them into my life, continuing to hang out, continuing to love them, but not just love them extravagantly, like hmm. um, buying them things, making them meals, um, and loving them, and obviously continuing to point them to Jesus when they allow it. But there's a certain point where you're beating a dead horse and they're not going to want to be in your life if you keep beating, like bringing it up and being like, hey, mm-hmm. you know, you have to be led by the Holy Spirit. So I think loving them yeah, and not just like checking the box, but loving your enemy. Mm-hmm. Like even though they're not your enemy, they hurt you. So like God says, I think we need to go above and beyond mm-hmm. and pray. Yeah. So, yeah, does that answer that? It does. Thank you. Thank <laughs> yes. you, Kristen. <laughs> you know, I was like, hmm. Because I feel like sometimes people ask questions and it's like, on the mark, you hit the marker, you didn't hit the marker. <laughs> so, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Yes, and I'm so excited that you guys tuned in today. I cannot wait to continue this season with you. And until then, we pray that your roots stay strong. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to follow us on our other social media platforms. We don't want you to miss out on any future content. Thank you so much again, guys. I hope you have a great day. And I want you to know I am personally praying that your roots stay strong.